This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi guys, welcome to episode 10 of On Air with me, Abigail Ratchford, your host, so today's episode is coming on the heels of the one that we just talked about, the, um, what was it? The blow-ups. Blow-ups, yeah. <laughs> so this is basically going to be like, not a continuation, but like the sequel, okay? Um, so it's going to be about product productivity habits to change your life. So to like put all of your glow-up plans kind of in motion and create like a system. So it's not just like thinking about it. You're actually going to do it. You're going to make your dreams a reality with this episode. Let's get into it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's also like after you do like the mental unblocking, you're like, I can do this. It's like, okay, now do it. Yeah, Like exactly. how do you, th- no one talks about how you actually do it. I know. I feel like sometimes we, um, sometimes we get like a false sense of accomplishment from just the planning part. Oh my God. <laughs> I, yes. And then you get comfortable and you're yeah. like, okay, well I'm just going to like secretly not do anything, but tell myself that I am. Yeah. Like yeah. I used to always plan so much. I would have like four hours where I'd be like writing things out and scheduling things and you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. blocking all the stuff off. And I'm like, oh, I had such a productive day. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I just planned it. Like yeah. you need to actually do it now. Yeah. You know? It's hard to like, <sighs> Because that is productive to, like, get this yeah, planning you, done. But then doing the actual work, like, we think, like, doing the actual work is the only productive thing. But there's so much that goes around it. Yeah, And it's sure. hard not to, like, fluff it up. And Yeah. I think you definitely, of course, need a plan. Like, you need to have something visual to go off yeah. of. But that's only, like, you know, 25% of it. Yeah. And you need to actually do it. Yeah. You know, break it down into smaller goals and then just start kind of chipping away at it. You can't just yeah. think about it. Before you know? we get into your secret sauce, do you want to talk about what we've been obsessed with is this AI song? Oh, and it's oh terrifying, but also really cool. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? It's crazy. I feel like, obviously, we've been like talking about this for the last couple of months with like the world with AI and stuff. But I feel like it's kind of how like COVID was, mm-hmm. where it was like, at like, Right in the beginning of 2020, because when did COVID start? Like, March 2020? So, I feel like in February, you know how, like, everybody was making all, like, the jokes and stuff and, like, doing, like, the corona challenges. Yeah. And then within, like, a two-week, like, span, it went from, like, jokes to, like, okay, the entire world is shut down. We don't even know if, like, our civilization is going to survive. I feel like that's, like, (laughs) AI. Like, it went from being, like, oh, this is so funny, Mr. Ro... And now people are, like, you need to brace yourself yeah. for the impact that, like, this is about right. to have on the well, world. Well, do you want to, like, explain, like, the song that we're talking about? Because it's, like, really yes. crazy. So I didn't realize how much stuff you can actually do with this kind of thing. Like, it's, it blows my mind. I don't even, like, understand half of it. But this song that just came out that I was obsessed with, and I had maybe eight hours to listen to it. It was available on iTunes. It was called Heart on My Sleeve by... Drake and The Weeknd, yeah. but actually neither one of those artists were actually involved physically in the making of the song or even gave permission to the song. So the song involved a AI writer mm-hmm. and then basically like an auto-tuning using both of those artists' voice voices, 
And the song is so good. So fucking good. Yeah. Like, that would it be a hit. It was so good. I know. Yeah. And they took it. At first, I was like, this has to be some kind of, like, I thought it was some kind of, um, yeah. what's it called? Like, a press, like, publicity oh, stunt. Oh, yeah, yeah, stunt. yeah. Just to make it seem like, oh, my God, like, whatever. And then yeah. I was going to be like, this is probably them, because it was actually really good. Mm-hmm. And then within a day, the song was taken off iTunes, and I'm like, oh, my God, it actually wasn't them. Yeah. But it's crazy. Like, I think it's... I know horrible i think we i don't even know how the hell they're like they're going to stop it mm-hmm. but i feel like it's not good like it's I know. scary what scares me is like it it cr- it's a whole new level of creativity mm-hmm. by taking away all creativity yeah, for sure. but like what a cool way to like get drake's attention you know because <laughs> i'm like sure he knows like he has to know about that yeah for you know because sure. he's tapped in a little bit with social media oh for you know? sure yeah i feel like there has to be a like i don't even know how they're gonna like sanction it or limit it yeah. or something so it's not like so widespread but like the world cannot work if people get their jobs taken away by robots like yeah. what makes people successful is they they start like a life using the gifts that they're given so if somebody's right. smart at this if somebody's an artist like an artist a painter or surgeon now all these people are going to be robots yeah like, the world would literally explode. Right. You know? So that's what I've been thinking about because, like, it starts with, like, a silly song, but what does it progress to? Because that's what is fucking terrifying. Of like, course. What, like, what about in 10 years when someone can make a literal Abigail Ratchford clone? Yeah. Like, what are the limits to right. this? Right. And it's, like, that's terrifying. Like, that is <laughs> fucking terrifying. I actually got into, a, like, an argument with this guy that I was dating a while ago talking about this, and he, we were saying, we were, like, with a group of people, they were saying in the future that surgeons might be replaced by robots. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, totally against it. And there was a couple of people that were like, why not? Like, there's no room for error with robots. Yeah. I'm like, but surgeons are trained. Like, what if, say I have a little baby, okay? Yeah. And in six months from now, the baby has a hole in its heart and it needs to get operated Government. on. Yeah. You're going to take it to, like, the best hospital, like the one in New York, Sloan Kettering or whatever. I don't know the ones out here, Cedars or something. And, yes, of course, maybe, like, robots are trained but there's no room intuition or yeah. error like something yeah. could go wrong that totally is a robot going to like ner- learn how to do that or would you trust right. a top surgeon who knows okay there's a one in a million chance that this error happens during yeah. the surgery on this little tiny infant that's not even like you know six right. months old you're gonna want the surgeon who could think right. with instincts and also human emotion like you you can't replicate that in a yeah, robot. Yeah, and you, you know? like you can't replicate intuition, human emotion. No. But then, like, what if it progresses to a point where we can't tell the difference? You know, that's what really scares that me. That is scary. Is you know, and I feel like, like you just when you start playing God, mm-hmm. that's a bad, that's, bad idea. That's what it is. Yeah. But yeah, it just where does it start? Where does it end? And like, where does mm-hmm. it end up? I don't but know. Also, like, what good could come from it, you know? Because there, I'm sure there's tons of like yeah. amazing things that could happen, but like, at what cost? Yeah, like, you have know? you ever seen a movie besides maybe a Disney movie or a yeah. Pixar movie that is based on robots that doesn't end up mm-hmm. like horrifically? Like, there's never a right. positive movie about like happy robots. Like, no, yeah. they're always about like this one goes crazy and starts yeah. attacking its owner when it's like not chart. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's not a world. <laughs> right. My mom yeah. would always be like, how come all these like ghost movies? Like, why can't it be a nice ghost that like helps the family like pay their bills? <laughs> like, why does it have to be a ghost that's going to like turn the six year old girl into a monster? Like, why can't it be like the fun yeah, finance that's advisor? The same ghost? thing like that. All of the these movies about like AIs, like that's yeah. what they're, you know, basically about. Yeah. On the topic of singers, Drake. The weekend. Do you uh-huh. want to talk about Frank Ocean at Coachella? Oh my God. So I, I obviously I wasn't at Coachella, but I saw 
some of the articles about it, and I guess, well, he was headlining, of mm-hmm. course, and he hasn't had a song out or, like, a yeah. performance in a minute. So this was Six kind of, Six years like since he performed. Big, oh, sh- no way. Yeah. His big debut, and I guess there was just, like, a ton of stuff. People said he was very, like, lackluster. Yeah, an hour late. An hour late, all that stuff. But then I saw something that said, like, leading up to it, he hurt himself. Did you see that? No. Somebody said he apparently, like, it wasn't any kind of laziness on his part or anything. He actually had this insane performance, like, planned where they cast, they were going to do something with, like, hockey skaters. Yeah, ice, it was this? ice skaters, and they had ice a skaters. rink made, and then last minute he was like, I don't want to do it. And then yeah. they, like, unmelted the rink. Yeah, so I guess that. And then also he apparently was riding a bike. You know how, like, you can't yeah. get around once you're in Coachella? You either have to take, like, a cart or, like, those bikes that go in yeah. the dust. Somebody said he was on a bike or something and, like, messed up his leg or his ankle to the point that, like, they uh. had to fly a, a doctor out to, like... <laughs> So that kind of changed what his performance yeah. was going to be, and I think it was a lot of last-minute, like, alter, like, changes yeah. that probably stressed him the hell out. Mm-hmm. And then to pull off, like, all of those things that quickly when you're, like, the headliner and there's all this pressure, people are waiting to see you, they're waiting six years, it's yeah. a lot, you know? Yeah, I feel like it would be such a fucked-up stunt to, like, yeah. do that, and then next week and come out and have an incredible performance. For sure. Just to make it look even better and, like, yeah. more legendary. And I feel like the thing with him is, like, he's, like, an artist, yeah. but he's not known as being a performer. Right. Like, if that was, like, Beyonce or even, like, Drake oh, or yeah. Chris Brown, these people are performers. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they probably know, okay, if something, if shit hits the fan at the last minute and we're going to yeah. be performing at Madison Square Garden, this is what we do to change it. Where Frank yeah. Ocean's not like, uh, you know. Well, also, who the fuck is putting millions of dollars into it? His, like, team of probably, like, a thousand people that worked on that realistically. Yeah. And then, who the fuck is letting him ride a bike before the performance? Like, right? he shouldn't even be, like, walking. I, I swear to God. Like, they need, he needs to be so insured yeah. that, like, he will make For it to the sure. stage. I know. You, n- you never really, like, expect yeah. crazy freak accidents like yeah. that to happen. But, unfortunately, they do. And especially, mm-hmm. like, during times like Coachella where people are not saying he was, like, drunk or anything. Yeah. But there's a lot of, like, reckless behavior mm-hmm. around that, like, you should be even, yeah. you know, I guess maybe lesson learned because he probably never had yeah. to deal with this. And it's, like, an unfortunate way for him to. Yeah, big time. But I wonder if that actually happened or if that was a story that they put I, out i wondered too i guess there's really no way of knowing because yeah. this is probably released from like his pr team but yeah. he is going to be opening he's going to be doing it for weekend two i'm excited to so see. he has a chance to redeem himself so we'll see yeah that will be so fucking legendary if he does yeah my like um he's like i get the hype around him some of my friends don't yeah. i think his music is like some of the best music of all time i right i i, 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 I do get it but I don't know. There's a difference between being a legend and being, like, a diva like that. Like, yeah. Beyonce would never. No, no, no. Like, yeah. she actually did fuck up her leg before Dubai and still. She had, like, a surgery or something that God. really fucked her up because she was pretty stagnant during that performance. But she yeah. still did the, she was on the lift. Like, yeah. she was singing the, <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's it's really. Yeah. But, I'm trying yeah. to think, is there any other crazy stories from Coachella? Okay, so apparently. Leonardo DiCaprio was spotted with Irina Shayk, mm-hmm. and everybody was saying that they're dating. Well, first TMZ posted because people always just speculate that Leonardo, like Leo, is always with like the hottest girls. Well, he is with the hottest girls. That's not even yeah. like a speculation at all times. But he was, yeah, <laughs> he was photographed with Irina, and then also this model Stella Maxwell. Do you mm-hmm. know who she is? And it was like no, a Irina. dark photo. So TMZ posted it. Somebody took it like a grainy cell phone photo, and then 
um, all these comments were like, that's not a random girl. That's Irina. She, like, whatever. Yeah. She was married to Bradley Cooper, who's one of Brad Pitt's friends. Yeah. And that's not even the biggest scandal. She's 37. So she's 12 years older than his normal cutoff. Yeah. You know how people say, like, he doesn't yeah, date oh, anyone Yeah, oh, I fucking know, girl. <laughs> but then it was like, they released a statement like, yeah. no, he's actually known her for a while. And I do yeah. believe that, like, because those circles yeah. probably run very close. Yeah. And he, he is good friends with Bradley Cooper, and I don't think that he would do that. Yeah. Like, Isn't it weird how, like, from the outside, say I had absolutely zero idea about anything entertainment, I didn't know anybody in entertainment, I'd be like, oh, that's such a cool, wholesome friend group, I bet. But yeah. then when you get to see them in person, you're like, they're really fucking odd. Like, yeah. I'm not saying Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio is weird, but, like, Just people general, like yeah. that are always so strange and off and weird and, like, right? particular. And I know, I know. And it's, yeah. like, a lot of egos, like, a lot of really big yeah. egos that you're like, okay. Like, terrifying, like, yeah. Where it's like, how do you not realize that you're like acting this insane? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's you're very like, are weird. You an AI or yeah, you're like, always like this big of a day. Right, like are you like the Leonardo DiCaprio AI? <laughs> um, okay, we should get into the topic for okay. today. Um, the first part of today, which is about productivity and changing your reality and putting these plans into step, is uh, or putting these plans into action, is appreciating your setbacks. Got how it. do you like? Um, how do you learn to like love your setbacks and understand that like the failures were a good thing? So I feel like as humans, we need to kind of see life as not like black or white. Like there's a lot of gray areas and we have to understand that like one of the things in life that is inevitable for everyone is we will all deal with setbacks in all different ways. Everybody has like their own journey, their own things that they suffer with. And we're all going to kind of have this you know blueprint in our life and things kind of get thrown in Mm -hmm. to the mix that were maybe not planned by god the universe whatever you believe in and i feel like that is inevitable but what you have control over is the way that you handle it like you could either Mm -hmm. have a setback (laughs) kind of break you or you could have a setback make you and a lot of these people that we look up to and admire if you read about their life stories usually there was something in there that like catapulted this growth in them and Mm -hmm. it's usually followed by like a horrible tragedy a horrible loss a horrible betrayal that's what kind of is like the catalyst for you know change and for growing stronger and for realizing that like you are capable of so much more when you're kind of put under the pressure when you're put under the fire that's when you like figure out what you're made of yeah, you know? it's it's really interesting because, like, there'll be these mental blocks where it's, like, I couldn't physically or mentally handle doing that. Yeah. And then you're forced to do it. And you realize you can take on so much more. Yeah. Have you heard of – do you know who Ed Milet is? Ed Milet? I, who is that? Is he's he a, a podcaster. Yeah, per- he's, like, inspirational. Yeah, person. I've been listening to his podcast, and he has this book called The Power of One More. It's so interesting. I would listen to the podcast. I haven't read the book yet. Um, but it's basically about his dad, like, trying to get sober a billion times and not working – and him getting in the cycle of trying it, not working, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, damn, this is a little familiar. Um, but <laughs> like, let, me, let me go down. Um, but it's him being like, okay, I'm going to try one more time. I'm going to fail one more time, let myself do it yeah. one more time. And it's like, that's always the breakthrough is right? like, when you have that pressure of like, this is the last chance. Like, yeah. you know. Did you, I, we always talk about Kanye West on this mm-hmm. podcast, but did you see Kanye's uh, documentary that was on Netflix a couple yes. months ago? So basically, like, I really, really liked that. I think it was only maybe three or four episodes. But um, when he had first, because he was just, like, working as a producer in Chicago and all this stuff, and then he finally got a chance with, like, Jay-Z's music label, I Mm -hmm. think. 
he was signed for maybe two weeks and got like in a horrible accident one right. night coming back from the studio. He was like falling asleep and he shattered his jaw, had to get it completely sewn up. And as a singer, that's like life ending. Yeah. That's like literally being paralyzed as like an athlete. Right. And he said that when he was in the hospital and he was recovering and he his face was all swollen and all this stuff, that's where he thinks that like God sent him like the best ideas and he wrote college through the wire through the wire yeah literally through the wire he won his like first grammy after that and that's when he became kanye west it was like in that hell that he had to go through where he couldn't even he didn't know when he was going to talk and his mouth was wired shut Mm -hmm. but like it didn't turn off his creativity and in fact it maybe like made some of his other senses sharper you know what i mean like when they say that some people that are deaf have like a higher sense of like you know like it kind of overcompensates yeah. yeah But um, that's like an example. I really, I like that documentary a lot because it yeah. kind of like motivates you. Like, yeah. yeah. It's it's always interesting because like we create these resistance. Like say you have something really good going in your life. Like OnlyFans, for example. Yeah. God forbid this happens. It literally won't. But like say one day OnlyFans completely goes under and you're like, oh, fuck, yeah. I'm fucked. Like that's like the worst possible thing like to happen. You're holding onto it with your white knuckles. Like you're trying to be grateful for it. But it's like that is the worst thing that could happen. But if it did and you were forced to surrender, it's like, okay, yeah. I got to figure something else out. I have to figure something else out then that's when you figure out like the crazy idea that like works and you know what I mean it's like you can't like attach yourself to these current things to be grateful for so hard because it creates Mm -hmm. a resistance towards everything else yeah no for sure and even like when I dealt with my stuff last year where I literally couldn't walk for like eight months Mm -hmm. and I was like it's it's so crazy like all of these things that I thought were problems before are like nothing now Mm -hmm. and you don't realize that until it's like taken away from you yeah and you, again, like, that that was when I really started to kind of get, like, more respect for myself because I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know I was this strong. I didn't even know, yeah. like, when I was going in a wheelchair to my appointments and having to, like, literally be carried out of a wheelchair mm-hmm. to be put onto, like, the doctor's checkup thing. I was like, this is, like, this is what's going to turn me right. around. This yeah. is, like, I realized I had been wasting so much time. I realized I had been not appreciating all of the opportunities I had all of the things I was able to do every day that I just thought were whatever yeah you know it's like when it's stripped away from you you're like oh my god yeah it's so like the concept of surrendering is so interesting because like it's such a freeing feeling and you're so scared of like that failure and that inevitable failure that always happens to everybody with everything Mm -hmm. and like once it does happen you can let go and it's like okay like yeah. I don't have to worry about this shit anymore. Like, I, I'm fucked right now, but, like, I, yeah. I can let go of that and, like, sure. figure something else. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like in our lives, we probably have, like, maybe five to ten big moments like that. Big yeah. turning points. Yeah. That were, like, that was, like, a f- that was a turning point for me. Yeah. That was, you know what I mean? And everybody, again, has their own path and, like, yeah. trajectory of their life. But it really is so true. Like, when you dig deep and you're stripped mm-hmm. away of everything, you're, like, this is, like this setback is going to yeah. probably be the best thing that happened to yeah. me in retrospect it's, when I look back. It's so crazy. Before, uh, the first job that I had here was at a label, and I was so excited. I was like, oh, my God, I'm moving to L.A. Mm-hmm. I have I had my label job, and then on the side, I would review songs for playlisting. It's just like a random side hustle. And um, I was, like, doing these two things, and I was so excited. I was out in L.A., didn't know anybody, but I was working this label. I'm working there. I'm going in every day, and I'm like – okay, I don't really like this job, but this is the fucking fantasy. I'm so happy with this, like, yeah. dream of mine. It happened. But I'm a little miserable at my job. Time goes on. I'm there for, like, six months. Eventually, they can tell that I don't like the job. I'm not performing that well because I'm unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I lose the job. 
the next day I get a call from the playlist people. They're like, hey, so unfortunately we don't have enough like budget anymore. And I'm like, oh my God, both my like sources of income oh are like God. gone. And I'm like, I'm miserable for months and I'm like trying to figure it out, like doing whatever I can to make money. And then like I find this job and I'm so happy here and like mm-hmm. things start to work out again. And I'm like, if I didn't have that awful, terrifying failure and I was miserable for months, I wouldn't yeah. have made it to of a place course. where I'm like actually happy and like for sure you know it's so crazy how things just like work out like that yeah but it's so true though you know yeah I, I feel like that's why people are so uncomfortable with failure yeah but it really is such a good spot to be no it really is you know yeah. like rock bottom is kind of a nice place to be sometimes it's, rock bottom is like the launching pad to your yeah. future self you know yeah well this goes really great into the next topic which is hustle culture because when you get that inspo and you're ready to go and you're working and you're happy again you're working your ass off Uh like where's the line between I feel like yeah we're always kind of overstimulated by Mm -hmm. these people that are doing so much doing so much that like we feel like we're lazy or we're just not doing anything because we see other people doing so much more and we kind of get like in this weird guilt, like, if we're not doing things, that means we're a failure. Or if we're taking time off for, like, our mental health, then we're weak or we're lazy. And it's, yeah. like, you need to, for sure, take time off to kind of, like, refocus yourself. Because the worst thing that you can deal with is burnout. I feel like burnout is, like, yeah. horrible. Miserable. Yeah. So we have to kind of get into the habit of, like, seeing rest as not just like a treat for when you work hard, but it's a necessity. Yeah, that's such a hard thing because it feels like, at least for me, like if I'm prioritizing everything on working on shit, then I'm successful and that in turn will make me happy, which isn't true. And it's hard to embody all facets Mm -hmm. when like the rest doesn't feel like it's pushing you forward, but it actually is. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I feel like we definitely need to kind of prioritize rest as much as we do Mm -hmm. the hustle and I feel like, what was I saying? Hold on. <laughs> have I you ever lost like, my thought. I, I feel like you've talked about this, but have you ever had an issue of like resting where you're like, I'm working so hard, I need to relax. And then you can't relax because you're like thinking too much and your brain's going crazy. Yeah. Sometimes that's why now I really try not to procrastinate because I used to be the worst of that. I used to like rest too much and just procrastinate. And then I would do it all like stuff all at once and I wouldn't yeah. sleep for four or five days and then I would right. be again okay then I would crash and I'm You're like this forced is to not rest. a life that I want to like mm-hmm. you know because I can't perform like mentally I'm not creative I'm not sharp I'm not witty when I'm just like burnt the hell out and feel like I'm fried yeah. and I don't want to show up like that like I don't want to show up as like a shell of myself yeah it's know? better to get like prepared work than like unprepared work that's all the time yeah but, of course yeah. it's it's a really interesting balance that I feel like a lot of people because I mean so many people I know in LA fall into the hustle culture yeah I know why do you think people are like so in love with the idea of like working their asses off I don't know I feel like there's like what is that there's like a term for it but it's kind of like is it destination something it's like we have oh manifest destiny no it's Um. something destination but it's like if like you if get here, you'll be yeah, happy. Yeah, it's like an illusion. Yeah. Like, if I lose 20 more pounds, I'll be happy. If yeah. I get that, that dream job, I'll be happy. If I land that guy or that perfect girl that I've been trying. But it's like, you ca- you can't, because once you get that, mm-hmm. then you'll t- attach something else onto it. Okay, now I landed that. <sighs> I, I got my dream house. But now I want that car. I really yeah. want that Lamborghini. And then what after that? And it's right. like, if you if that's what you attach your happiness to, you're never going right. to be happy. It's, it's so, like, important to, like, find happiness exactly where you are because that's when it happens for you like when you get the exciting thing that you're like I worked my ass off for this and you have Mm -hmm. it and then it's like 
okay now i'm used to it like yeah. now what like and you just you can't attach yourself to the outcome you need to yeah. kind of enjoy like it sounds again so cliche but like you really have to just enjoy the process yeah you know whether or not right. you end up getting whatever right. it is that you're you know hopefully you do but you either way right. should you know yeah there is such an illusion too like people look at you and they're like oh whoa she's in this house in the hills that's amazing but like that house in the hills isn't what is making you happy yeah of course like it's like you earned that and that's an amazing thing that you're you're happy there and it's cool like you have mm-hmm. space to do whatever you want but like that's not the like key driver of yeah of course like what makes abigail you're just what pr- makes you happy <laughs> um i honestly this sounds again like very cheesy but i really do like being in a position where i could help people like especially in my family with things that are important to them yeah you know and I love that yeah so I definitely am like a giving person and I want to become more successful so I could do it on a larger scale like have like a foundation or give you know to other foundations or travel and learn about cultures and see how I can maybe educate them about things or fund them money because like what they think is so much is not that much to us it's crazy literally a meal yeah like Like, you could feed an entire school right for like that's insane right you know yeah it's also interesting like the examples that you've given you can tell that you do it out of like pure love and gratitude and you want to like give that feeling to people yeah have you ever been around people who will do those things but for their own ego like david dobrik for example oh my god yeah (laughs) that is the most annoying (laughs) (sighs) yeah like i don't even really like praise for it or whatever i don't need like to post i feel so the worst is when people post them feeding homeless people i literally was just thinking about that like as you said it it's so annoying it's like what the fuck are you doing like some of those homeless people i would assume maybe don't want people to know that they're homeless right like right (laughs) well i was thinking about this the other day i saw this like lady who was definitely on drugs and she was just like ian and i were out at dinner and we were outside somewhere and this homeless lady was like ripping up the flowers and like taking trash out of the food, out of the trash can and eating it and we were like oh my god she's so gross like just being awful people about it mm-hmm. and then I was thinking I was like at one point she was like a five-year-old girl with her yeah. mom like just happy as can be like of course and things just like took a turn and yeah you know when I first moved to LA I was friends with this guy that was like this like artsy kind of guy whatever and I didn't have any friends here yet so I started hanging out with him been there. yeah <laughs> been fucking there we've heard this story yeah. before from a million yeah so every saturday they there i don't know if they still do it but there used to be this truck a food truck that would go around to places in mm-hmm. west hollywood and feed homeless people so i like did it with him a couple times and you obviously always assume when you think of the homeless person what they're going to look like whatever frazzled most likely on drugs yeah. or you know but it was really an eye-opener to me because there were some people that looked completely normal. And I was just like, and he Mm -hmm. was like, that's why I wanted you to come. He's like, I'm not trying to scare you and say that could be you. But he's like, some of these people had normal jobs. Yeah. And they just had a bad turn or this guy's wife divorced him and took everything and one bad string of luck after the other. And not everybody's, you know, smoking a crack pipe behind the 7-Eleven to be homeless. Like there's people that just maybe had a bad luck you yeah know? or like, it's the person who had like a huge company last year and was a millionaire yeah. and then everything fell through and they don't have someone else to rely on yeah and it's sad so again like going back to when people post that they're you know feeding homeless people like yeah. whatever you know yeah all now for the and content then, all yeah, for the hustle if you're doing it to maybe bring other people there you don't need to yeah. put the faces of the homeless people like look at me with sally right 
Oh my God, like, there's influencers in the wild, like seeing videos of people going up to homeless people and then being like, all right, thanks. And just leaving no. and it's like, whoa, like what the fuck? That's um, crazy. But yeah, that, I think that ties in like how far people go for the content. Like the hustle in question is literally going to Skid Row yeah. and like exploiting homeless people. Like what the fuck is that? Yeah, and like also I feel like a big part of life is like we have to invest, like we have to think about what is the motive behind it. Like are yeah. you doing that because you genuinely want right. to give back? Because for me, I feel like the more that I've given back, the more God has blessed me with. Totally. And I've been just extremely fortunate and lucky to have what I have and, you know, to gotten where I've, where I am right now that I feel like it's like my obligation almost to help other people. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that like when it comes to that sort of hustle culture where people are like completely head down working all the time, like there are good inspirations like yours, for example, but like, how do you like, have you ever found yourself like stuck there? Like in a hustle mindset where you like literally cannot get yourself out of it. And like, you're just like overworking yourself. Yeah. I feel like that's what I, I've definitely gone through periods of burnout like that before Mm -hmm. where you just feel like every day is like groundhog day you wake up do the same shit over and over and over and there's like no more joy to it you're doing it because you feel like you just have to right and it's not your like you're not inspired anymore Mm -hmm. it's just very routine and that's like the worst that's like my biggest fear is when I feel like I lose that spark and I feel like I'm forced to do something and I'm not doing it out of like a desire because it makes me happy or I feel like yeah that is so funny you said that because the past three weeks I've been doing this thing where Monday through Thursday I'm up at five I'm like up going I'm at the gym I'm doing shit like up ready to go and then like I it's really productive and I get a lot done and I feel really good getting up early like I do my meditation I do my workout I feel great but then I like notice myself today I did it um like the second day of the week getting up early and I'm like I don't really I, I want to do it for a month to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. But, like, I wasn't, like, as excited and happy to be up because it's a normal thing now. Yeah. And I was, like, okay, instead of, like, going home and working on shit, mm-hmm. I'm going to just let myself, like, walk to the coffee shop, walk around yeah. Hollywood, whatever, like, just get some fresh air and, like, chill. And I think, like, implementing small things that switch it up a little for bit. Sure. Like, help, you know. Yeah, so it doesn't feel so routine. Yeah, like, it doesn't need to be 100% of the time on it, but, like, as long as it's 80% of the time where you're happy doing it. Yeah. And, like, you know, the guy that always does like that challenge is it like 75 hard or something that just to me seems crazy and I feel like it's so extreme and Mm -hmm. like it's like you need to take ice baths you need to do this you need to do that and then it's like I feel like these people who probably follow these Instagram you know whatever preachers or whatever you want to (laughs) call like when they failed one of like the bar is set so high yeah. that I wouldn't be able to do one day that. Yeah. And then when you fail, you're like, I'm a failure. I'm just never going right. to amount to anything. And it's like, learn you. Like me, I'm not a morning person at all. I'm never going to be the person that gets up at five right. in the morning. And if I even tried to put myself on one of those like challenges, I would fail within yeah. two days. And it would send me in a spiral of, I can't even keep myself accountable right. for 48 hours. Like, right. So I know not to do that. But maybe I'll get up at 8 or 7.30 yeah. and say, Three days this week, I want to do a 30-minute workout. I want to read. I want to make sure that I meditate two days. Mm -hmm. Those are achievable and they're realistic. And when you are able to achieve those things, you start to build that confidence. Like, I can do this. I'm good, you know? Right. It's also like, it shouldn't be like, okay, 75 hard is what? No drinking, no sugar, up at 5 a.m. Two workouts a day. Yeah. Reading a book every day, journaling. It's like, okay, start with one workout a day and stick to that. If you don't like it, just stick to it for a month, yeah. see what it does for you. Exactly. And then when you have that confidence, like, okay, now try getting up early and doing a workout mm-hmm. every day. 
And then eventually you can like, yeah, like build your way. Why doesn't he do that like week by week? Yeah. Like, first week, let's do this. Yeah. No alcohol and like, you know, four right. days a week, I want you to work out and then whatever. But why does it have to be all at once? To me, that yeah. just seems so military-ish that I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, it's, it, there needs to be joy in it because you can reach your goals. But like if you're not happy doing it, there's absolutely no reason because like, yeah, it, it's the same thing with money. Like you can make the money, but you're still the same person. You have to do the self-work. Yeah, of like, course. You know. And who even has, I don't even know what people sign up for this because how do you even have time to do all that stuff? Like yeah. most people have nine to five jobs right. and or kids. Right. Who has the time to do two hours a day, an ice plunge, a fucking hyperbaric chamber? Yeah. It's like. Right. Yeah, no. Okay. But, um, so when it comes to putting these things into motion and actually uh-huh. doing the fucking thing that you like have been prepping for this whole time, how do you like, wh- one of the things that you put on here is time blocking. How does mm-hmm. that work for you? So I think that something we always try to do as humans, and I think it's like one of the things that I've learned was holding me back, is multitasking. Mm-hmm. So multitasking is the worst idea ever. I feel like if you think about, okay, somebody said this once, like, you know how you spend the day right before you're about to travel somewhere? Mm -hmm. Like, say, I find out tomorrow I'm going to New York. What am I going to go do? All the things that are vital to me, like I need to go get, like, my nails done or whatever those priorities are. That's how you should maybe, like, approach your days. Like, okay, if I had to do three things today, what would it be? Those are the three most important things. And don't focus on anything else yeah. until you do those things. Right. And stay off your phone. I always have mine on, like, do not disturb. And I get this little time cube from um, Amazon. I forget who. Somebody suggested it that I follow on Instagram. But it's, like, you could put it on 60, 30, whatever. And you just set it down. And people are, like, well, why don't you just use your phone timer? I'm, like, because I don't want my phone yeah. anywhere near me. I'm going to just play phone. music on the TV. Yeah. Like, keep it away from me. And then I just put the little cube on, and I'm like, okay, 60 minutes of me organizing my room or right. whatever was on my list that day. And then you, when you get it done, you're like, oh, you have, like, this sense yeah. of achievement almost and, like, self-worth. You're like, I could do this. Yeah, you and know? then it, it feels like such a crazy chore, and then you put on the 60-minute timer. It's 30 minutes in, and you're done, and yeah. you're like, oh, that it's was really, really not that bad. <laughs> yeah, that, it's always so much easier. Yeah. And I hate that feeling after, though, where you're like, girl calm the fuck on like that was so easy like why did you like stress about that for a whole day and I feel like that's the thing it's like we're not even really avoiding the task we're avoiding the uncomfortable feelings Mm -hmm. around it whether it's like you don't want to feel bored you don't want to feel stressed whatever emotion you tie to doing whatever that thing is that's what you're trying to avoid yeah because like somebody said the first four minutes of doing anything are the or the are like the hardest or something So, like, for me, it would be, like, color coordinating my closet. Oh, I don't want to do this. I keep putting it off. Mm-hmm. The first four minutes, like, once you get past that, you're like, oh, this is easy. You know, it's just yeah. the, the anticipation of it almost. Yeah, it is it is nice, though, because, like, every time that you just go for it and you do it, like, the hard part in the beginning gets less and less. Like, it doesn't yeah. seem as intimidating to, like, do certain things and then it becomes an atomic habit, which yeah, exactly. is <laughs> the next part of what we were talking about. And also, speaking of atomic habits, there's also something called habit stacking, mm-hmm. Instead of sometimes having a list of, like, 20 things that you need to do, say you want to, like, pray, meditate, journal, you know, skincare or self-care, learn which things you could kind of stack together so it's, like, way easier. Like, I can do a sheet mask while I write in my journal or while I whatever. Whatever it is, you could, like, group things into, like, buckets almost so that it's not so 
overwhelming. That's interesting because I have like a list of like 10 things every day that I need to do. And I'll put the most important ones at the top and then mm-hmm. go down. But it's interesting to group them together. Yeah. See which ones you could do. Yeah. You know. Because there are like some things that you can multitask, but it really is a like Yeah, not everything you can do. Play. Yeah. But you, you could figure out which ones kind of go together. Yeah. Okay, guys. So that wraps up episode 10 of On Air. I hope you guys got some good tips on how to make productive habits to turn your dreams into reality. But enough about me. Get out there. Go start your glow up and become the best version of you. I'll see you guys soon.